Welcome to the Dentistries for Kids podcast. We're Angelina and Cameron, and we love candy. Do you all love candy? We've learned how to enjoy all the candy we want without getting cavities or getting in trouble with our dentist. Want to learn our magic? Join us to discover how to enjoy sweets and have nice, bright, clean, shiny white teeth. Let's go. Welcome back to the Dentistry for Kids podcast. Um, and we're here today with Dr. Heitler. Dr. Heitler is an internationally recognized Denver clinical psychologist and author of five books. She graduated from Harvard University in 1967 and earned her PhD in clinical psychology from NYU in 1975. She has also been awarded fellow status from the American Psychological Association and also from Division 42 within the APA and is also a co-founder of PowerOfTwoMarriage.com, now transferred to HeyRitual.com. For more information about Dr. Heitler, you can visit her website, TherapyHelp.com, for more information about her clinical practice and outstanding accomplishments. Thank you so much for having us here to, again today, Dr. Heidler. How are you feeling? My pleasure. My <laughs> pleasure. Good. To start off, what inspired you to write David's Decides About Thumb Sucking? I was watching our fourth child thumb suck and realized I need to do something to stop it. He was then only about three years old. The other three had sucked their thumbs and were, by that point, needing all kinds of orthodontia. Mm -hmm. And I thought, somehow the advice, don't worry about it, that my dentist had given me didn't seem adequate. Mm -hmm. I thought, wait, I'm being too passive. I'm a psychologist. I should know about behavior change. There should be something I can do to help them. I might add that I sucked my thumb until I was in about third grade. So uh, <laughs> they came by it, honestly. At the same time, it, it, it seemed like maybe I could think of something that would help them. So then I came up with the idea, well, maybe I'll write a little story about another boy and I'll see how he reacts to the story. Maybe that's indirectly a way to inspire him to stop. I wrote the story, no pictures or anything, just a story. I remember sitting on our big double bed with him next to me and reading him the story. He was so absorbed in the story. Then as soon as I read the story, he said, I want to stop sucking my thumb too. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is pretty powerful. Yeah, it's amazing what you do. Thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> um, so I guess to expand, what do you think are the main dental, emotional, and psychological impacts of thumb sucking on children? And how do you think it affects their development? So it, that's a complicated question because like with many habits, there's good news and bad news. So uh, the answer in part is it has to do with the age. When infants are, are and young uh, children, toddlers are sucking, it's actually quite helpful for them. That's because sucking, like rocking, puts the whole physiological system of a child 
into a very positive state, like a trance state. It turns out that babies that suck their thumb, if, for instance, babies, the, the particular study I'm thinking of was done with premature babies, preemies in a hospital, the ones that sucked on something put on weight more quickly and slept more soundly and got out of the hospital earlier. Why was that? When they're in that trance state, their stomach is working better, their gut is the muscular uh, peristalsis, I think it's called, works more smoothly. Everything is in an ideal state. So they're more able to use the nutrition and the milk they're given. Oh, so calming, so beneficial. Just like meditation helps adults, a very similar phenomenon. That's infants. And young children can benefit from the soothing also. Mommy or daddy are not always there to pick them up and soothe them when they're upset by something or bored or... So being able to put their thumb in their mouth actually gives them extra confidence and quicker recovery from when they're not feeling well. The the study that I like about that, they compared non-suckers and suckers by bringing them into a playroom, putting the child and mommy at one end of a large playroom and the, the toys at the far other end. Children who sucked their thumb were able to leave mommy for longer periods of time and play with the toys. That's a sign of confidence, independence, than the children who couldn't self-soothe like that. So it's actually doing something quite helpful for kids. That's the upside. And we're talking about young children. By age three, the benefits are far outweighed by the potential downsides. Attractiveness makes a difference. If thumb sucking makes children, and eventually those children are going to become God willing adults, if it makes them less attractive because their teeth crooked, because the thumb has pushed one tooth sideways or made a big space between their front teeth or changed the arch of their mouth, all of those make children and adults less attractive. That's very costly. Never mind costly in terms of orthodonture. Losing natural attractiveness is unfortunate. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting phenomenon. Could you share yeah. any real life stories or anecdotes that you have regarding thumb sucking and its effects? I remember walking into a, one of our children's schools when they were all in elementary school, I saw a kindergartner, first grader, sucking his thumb. I thought, this, there's something that makes him very odd. He was standing on the periphery of the group. Now, maybe he was naturally quite shy. Maybe he was a little odd. The thumb sucking made him look more odd and made him more of an introvert, less able to get out there and play with the other kids. I thought, this is really not a good idea. 
when kids are older was so visually strong for me. Yeah, I think that's definitely like the visual part. I guess it is good for them psychologically, but that's questionable because an infant just needs to calm down enough and doesn't have much of a repertoire for doing that. By kindergarten, first grade, kids need to be able to use words to talk with someone if they're feeling upset, talk with themselves. Oh, whatever. I'll, he was mean, but I'll just, in addition to words, they need to be active. Being socially accepted is a huge, potent factor in how happy and productive kids end up being. So it's very costly in that regard. Oh, thank you for that insight. Yes. So I have I another visual that came to mind. I remember watching one of our kids' classes when they were maybe three, four years old in preschool. Everyone busy and happy. They then gather into a circle for reading time. The teacher says, okay, now everyone quiet. And two-thirds of the kids, the thumbs go into their mouth. Somehow, restfulness, quiet, and thumb-sucking were automatically together. <laughs> That's such a hilarious story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I guess thumb-sucking is often seen as something children outgrow. When do you think parents um, should take it as a sign to do something regarding thumb sucking in their children? I take three years old as a sign. It's worth paying attention now. That's one sign is age. Even more important sign is how their teeth are looking. There's various ways to suck. Some kids just dangle a thumb in their mouth. No big deal. On the other hand, a child who all night for eight to 10 hours is sucking vigorously, intermittently. I mean, I don't think anyone does it constantly, only when there are kids who are very vigorous thumb suckers all night long, that's more likely to have a detrimental impact on their facial experience. Oh, Facial so attractiveness, yeah. So it's, it's a question of how intensely they suck. You can hear them from the other room. That's a problem. Mm. Just the dangling thumb, no big deal. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh -huh. So how can parents best support a child who is struggling with um, vigorous thumb sucking? In the book, David Decides About Thumb Sucking, I give an example of a chart that parents can make. Uh, behavioral techniques like making a chart and giving rewards once they've accomplished something, those can be very effective used judiciously. So you don't want to be making charts about everything with children. Thumb sucking happens to be one of those very specific habits where a chart of progress really makes a difference. Even more important is the child's decision that they want to suck. So if a parent is trying to help a child stop thumb sucking and does it by saying, take your thumb out of your mouth, take your thumb out of your mouth, why are you doing it again? That's counterproductive. The impulse has to come instead from within the child. 
oh, I want to stop my thumb. Then when you add a chart with a reward of some sort after, say, two weeks without sucking, by which time the, the habit's unlikely to come back, that that's a good strategy. Yes, I remember reading about the chart in your book. It was really interesting. I've actually never uh -huh. thought about that before. Uh-huh. Maybe now that I think of it, maybe I'll do one for losing a little weight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, being careful what you eat mm -hmm. could be like thumb sucking. Oh, I da, 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 check off once a day. Good day. There's something gratifying, rewarding about seeing one's progress. Yes, I think especially since it's a visual, it helps the toddlers and the parents like see how they're progressing. Ab absolutely, you're right. Absolutely. One has to be careful with behavioral interventions like that, though. If it becomes all about the reward, the internal desire to stop sucking gets transplanted by, I want to get that truck. I want that shiny red truck. So it's a good idea to wait for the reward until quite far down the line, a week, two weeks at least. Oh. And also to, to for parents to focus the child on, oh, you're doing so well. I saw you begin to put the thumb in your mouth today and you pulled it right out. I'm so impressed. That kind of positive feedback, keeping the focus on the habit change and rewarding when they do it right with words and a smile uh, needs to be the main part of the intervention. And the shiny object is just at the end. Oh, so I guess I guess minimize the amount of impulse a toddler or infant would have. You would recommend them to have shorter amount of or no, sorry, a longer reward time with more encouragement from the parents? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Well put. I'll give you an example. One of our children was learning to play piano. I used to practice with her. I came up with this brilliant wrong-handed idea. I'd give her an M&M &M every time she practiced a passage nicely. That ruined her interest in piano. It became all about the M&Ms. Mm -hmm. and piano playing with secondary. So she missed out on the real gains of being able to make music. She actually stopped playing the piano soon after. Oh. Yeah. So I guess um, besides the goal strategy, is there any other um, strategies or techniques that you recommend for helping children break the habit? There are particularly some habits that parents sometimes have, some techniques that are mistaken. Don't suck your thumb actually can make for more thumb sucking. Why is that? When you say to a child, don't suck your thumb, any don't statement, the mind doesn't hear the don't so much as they hear suck your thumb. That's a visual image. So you're actually reinforcing the image of suck your thumb. Don't hit your brother is the same kind of thing as opposed to, oh, instead of hitting your brother, come over here, let's uh, get something to eat. So do statements, oh, come on over here, 
also a, a technique is to blame it on the thumb rather than the child. Oh, I see that thumb's trying to get in your mouth again. Again, come on over here. Let's play with the whatever. And then distraction uh, by doing some other activity or talking with them, laughing with them, changing this the context. Mm. Often kids, children suck because they're hungry. So bring them and give them real food. <laughs> or bored, give them a book or a toy. Oh, so you would say that the primary, I guess, mistake that parents make is that they just say don't. So, yes. And then if it's said harshly, it makes bad feeling. All of that is needless. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Distraction is excellent. Oh, look, there's a bug on the floor here. Come look at the bug. And the thumb will come out of the mouth and the, the child will come right over to look at the bug. Yeah, that's an excellent technique. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. <laughs> Are there any long-term effects of thumb sucking if this habit carries on to adulthood? Well, there are a surprising number of adults who still suck their thumbs at night in private, maybe to go to sleep. If it's not harming their facial structure, their appearance, so what? Unless they're real embarrassed about it and it blocks them from getting married or something like that. I think that would be unusual. So if it were to drag on, it's not the end of the world. Unless it's making facial appearances less attractive. Oh, so that would play into their self-esteem, sort of? Right, exactly. And their relationships with other people. It's very gratifying when people want to be with you. People are turned off by negative facial appearances and less likely to move in toward you. Mm, I see. Thank you. So I guess in addition to thumb sucking, what other childhood habits or behaviors should teenagers be aware of in terms of their impact on their overall well-being and development? Wow, that's a big question. Are we switching <laughs> to teenagers now? <laughs> or uh, kids too, both. What habits for their development? I would say... Uh, and this comes from my specialty now is working with couples. Mm -hmm. Be very aware of what they do when they feel anger. Do they self-soothe? That's when they really need their thumb again. Uh, only there are other ways to self-soothe. Just calm down. Distraction continues to be a good habit. When I'm upset, I'm just going to distract myself, do something pleasant, go out for a walk, enjoy the sunshine, do something I enjoy, exercise, whatever, call a friend, uh, rather than dwelling on anger. So learning how to self-soothe with anger and learning that when I'm angry, I leave the situation. I don't dump my anger on people. Mm. I leave, calm down, then think about what could I do given what happened that was provocative for me. I problem solve, I don't punish. Mm -hmm. That's the tip of the day. 
<laughs> Problem solve and don't punish. Instead of punishing or bursting out in anger and dumping that on people. Yeah, I, I think I see a lot of it now these days. That's a really great so, advice. Uh, amongst the teenagers with each other? Yes, with each other. And especially now with the kids, too. I've seen it um, happen quite often. I'm stunned. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I can remember at all. Maybe it's my memory failing me. When I was growing up, people didn't do anger oh, with really? their friends. They probably got mad at home. Mm-hmm. One of the jobs of families is to teach kids emotional self-control and to talk about problems rather than to just explode. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I hope this has been helpful for you. Oh, yes, it's definitely been helpful. Thank you. So I guess... um. Can you offer any advice or guidance to kids who may struggle with other habits, thumb sucking or behaviors and are looking to make positive changes in their lives? Uh, I mainly say good for them. Go for it. (laughs) Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. To be in control of your own life and to make choices and to figure out how to implement those choices. Those are lifelong skills that serve people well. Thank you for that. I I think that's a lot of things that um people don't really hear nowadays. And I think it's great that you're sharing all this knowledge. Thank you. Good. My pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming here today. So My do you pleasure. have any final words you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, well, the book was David Decides about some sucking. And uh, I hope that if they know someone who sucks their thumb, they'll be able to do take a look at that. The other thing I might mention is a, another book that could be very helpful for teenagers and certainly for adults is my book, Prescriptions Without Pills. Mm-hmm. That's a book on how to deal with unpleasant feelings like depression, anxiety, anger, These are skills that we don't learn in school, and yet they're skills. There's information and techniques you can use when you feel down or you feel upset or uh, angry or scared. So prescriptions without pills. Yes, thank you. So if our audience and parents want to find more information about you in the book, what is the best way to connect with you? Uh, I think if they just Google my name, Susan Heitler, H-E-I-T-L-E-R, or go on Amazon, because my books are all there, or go, my favorite uh, of my various places on the web is prescriptionswithoutpills.com. There's lots of short videos there and handouts to help people enjoy their lives. Mm, yes thank you what you're doing is great and I actually have your book like right here (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you so much for inviting me yes thank you thank you for listening to the dentistry for kids podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please share with a family member or friend make sure to like and subscribe to our channel too 
help us complete our mission to see bright smiles from all around the world. Thank you.